Welcome to Emron's podcast, episode number 52. This is your host, Suman Silwal. Pursue life as an athletic adventure. Find a race organization and volunteer and see what, what's going on. I would like to thank those of you who have already donated towards my Boston to Big Search Challenge. Please visit emrons.com forward slash B number 2B to learn more about culturecity.org and links to the donation page. Please consider donating dollar per mile for Boston or Big Sur's or both. Thanks. I'd like to welcome Rudy Navadne and Fitz Kohler to Emron's podcast. Rudy and Fitz, how are you guys doing? We're great, thanks. Looking good. Everything's having, uh, we're just having a great day. You guys are the voices of marathons. I'm very uh, excited to have you here in the podcast. So tell us about uh, what is a voice of, Voices of Marathon do? What do you guys do? Well, I, I like to boil it down, simplify by saying we yell at and for people, but um, <laughs> as a race starts, we're we're the voice, we're the face of the race. We gather people at their start and get them organized, informed, engaged, and excited to take on whatever distance they've chosen that day. And um, we try and make sure they get all the important information the race director wants them to know. And then once they hit the finish line, we try to make sure they all get the welcome of a rock star. We want them all to feel like a celebrity for a day and um, the grand celebration they deserve. Right, Rudy? You know. That's pretty much it, Fitz. Of course, what we tell the race directors is they work about 364 days a year on making sure everything is absolutely perfect for the event. And then we are the face and voices of the race. And uh, it's kind of we're the front man. We're the it's the Mick Jagger. And uh, who would you be? I don't know. Yeah, I'll be Rudy. You're right. Yeah. I'm a- <laughs> usually, usually when I go to this big city marathon, I hear these voices coming from somewhere. I just don't know where they are. So I guess those are the voices that you guys provide. Right. We're the uh, disembodied voices that hopefully uh, kind of make things fun and give you the information you need. And I guess we've been told quite a bit that we tend to kind of quell some fears in the first timers and they, you know, we, we help them uh, get the jitters out and uh, just, you know, get them going and bring them home. Yeah. And you know what? It's so important because on occasion a race, they don't understand the value of what we do and they'll get a radio DJ or some TV news anchor. And I think it really matters that we are runners, that we understand what it's like to go to do the gauntlet on whatever distance it is. And and we're there to really comfort the runners. You know, there are people that show up absolutely terrified. Maybe they got suckered into it. Maybe they have a fitness accomplishment they're trying to achieve, but people actually show up panic stricken. And if we could really calm them down at the start and let them know it's going to be okay. Boy, what a wonderful thing to do. And then also we have folks that want to get cranked up to go win the dang thing or at least have a personal best. And that's our job too. It really, you know, I think it matters. And um, our job is to be nice to people and make them feel good, feel great at the start line, feel great at the finish line, make them feel like they were successful that day and that they want to come back and do some more. So if we've done our job, people will definitely register for another race in the future. Definitely. Tell us about that. Usually uh, when I go to Big City Mayor, I can hear this voice coming from distance very early. How does a day like for you guys in, in the morning? How when, when What time do you start? Because you are there before, long before we are, we are there. So Yeah, that's uh, that's true. We're talking early. It, it depends on the event, of course, but uh, anywhere from, in some cases, as early as 1, 1.30 in the morning for some of the calls for me when I'm over at Disney. And, you know, generally, what is it, Fitz? Like about 4 o'clock, 4.30. 4.30. And so here's the other thing. As I think Rudy's in his hotel room and he gets up like... <laughs> four and a half minutes before he needs to leave out. That's not it's true. so rude. And then I have to brush my hair and brush my teeth and uh, put, put on makeup. On. I try to look like nice. And he gets to look the way he looks the whole, no matter what he does. So I'm, if I have to leave my hotel room at three, I'm up at 2.15. It's not fair. It, they're early mornings. But the nice thing is the second we get to the start line, it's pure energy surrounded by the best people in the world. So it's certainly worth the wake up call. How do you uh, get the energy from the runners? I guess you assume that you also, not only you give us energy, but you also provide the energy. We provide energy to you, I guess, at the start. Yeah, I think it's a good point. It goes both ways. You know, we feed on the crowds and, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. The A race will have different energies within the race. Yeah. 
And, and sometimes the energy will vary significantly, believe it or not, between Corral 1. Yes. <laughs> Corral 1 doesn't want to hear from us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of the time. They're like, okay, blah, 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 yeah. blah. We're serious and important. Shut up, right? right? Let we, us run. You can't teach us anything. We're runners. So, you know, and that's fine. And, and we love Corral 1. Don't or And, and the, the speedsters and the elites, don't, please don't misunderstand. But we get a lot of fun and a lot of feedback when we get towards the middle and in the very back of the pack. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm going to do a little bit bragging. I think when you and I work together, we get corral one. We get them on fired up. Sure. They, they, yeah. We, we always have fun runners in our group. But yes, you know what? They feed us. And it's funny because so many people would rather die than stand on a stage in front of people. And I don't think it's ever crossed Rudy or my mind that, oh, we're supposed to be nervous about this. We are chomping at the bit. We can't wait to get to the runners. It's, I mean, it's just, uh, we're dying to see them. And so we both are announcing the Los Angeles Marathon this weekend and the LA Big 5K. I can't wait. I'm counting the seconds until we get to those runners. Yeah, I think Fitz and I would rather have a crowd of 20 to 30,000 than 200 to 300. Yeah, yeah. The bigger, the better. Always. As you prepare for uh, bigger races, like what you said just now, 20, 20, 30,000 people, as a voice of marathons, how do you prepare? Well, you know, essentially, not to oversimplify, but essentially the the pieces and the prep for each event are very, very similar. Uh, we are normally provided uh, a script and timeline that we follow. Yeah. And we always want to make sure we got the sponsors, the volunteer groups and, and the charitable organizations that are benefiting. And our timeline, you know, we go over the timelines, make sure that we know where everybody is and who we're introducing. Um, all, all those pieces uh, run somewhat the same type of format from race to race, although, of course, the actual ingredients individuals and, and charities, et cetera, are, you know, very greatly. Yeah. And when he says script, it's normally just a bunch of bullet points. You know, it'll say that the sponsor of this event is Skechers Performance, Dole, Cliff Bar, Los Angeles Cadillac, but they don't tell us what to say. We we blend those um, pieces of information into our own conversation. And then we we do try and stick to a strict timeline. So if a race director wants us to have the uh, national anthem played at 5.57, you bet your butt the national anthem is being sung at 5.57 and at 6 a.m. we're launching the first corral. So, you know, we have guidelines. Definitely. As you progress through the morning uh, before the race, do you also try to go down to the to the corrals or you stay? Usually you guys are in the stays, correct? Yeah, a little bit. Sometimes we'll just kind of uh, mosey around and see, but we're, we're generally up on stage. We need to be able to view, you know, what's building and uh, anticipate any needs. And we're also on radio communication with the race organization. So we, we need to be available to discuss anything that may change or be altered from the timeline, perhaps. A, uh, a slight delay because of a, a traffic issue or right. something like that. So, yeah, we generally pretty much work from the stage area. Now, that's on the start line. But on the finish line, we definitely go <laughs> out into the finish line shoot and um, go hug the runners, high five the runners, sometimes cartwheel over the finish line with the runners. <laughs> there goes Fitz. Through. Fitz is a huge hugger. Free oh. hugs from Fitz Kohler. That's right. If you ever run a race that I'm announcing, please stop by for us. The sweatier, um, the better. Sweaty hugs. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about uh, what are the bigger races have you done? Uh, I think, Rudy, you do most of the West Coast. Fizz, you do East Coast. How, how did that work for you guys? Rudy is king of the of California here for sure. And he does some races in Florida. Shockingly, even though I live in Florida, most of the races I announce are in California. Um, but I also have some in Michigan, Texas, some in Florida, but uh, Buffalo Marathon, for example. But um, I think one of uh, our favorites that we do together so far would be OC Marathon, Long Beach, the Big Sur International Marathon. That's an incredible race that really has a very special, unique, and prestigious vibe to it. I will be at Big Sur uh, this year. I'm, I'm taking really? a, Yeah, I'm taking a Boston to Big Sur Challenge. Oh. <laughs> Are you ready? Are you prepared? I'm always prepared. I'm an ultra marathoner, so I'm running 100 miles this weekend. So Big Sur is really far away for me. So so I still have like three, four races before I get to Big Sur. But yeah, it'll be interesting to listen to your voices. So 
I, I hear so much about it, and I was asked by a by an organization to come run with them. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm running Boston anyway. So I was just taking a little detour to Big Sur. So I'll so, tell you what that that Boston to Big Sur challenge is so much fun, and the groups that that come out to do that are a blast. They are one huge party. What a what a great little community. Yeah. And if you wear your Boston to Big Sur gear as you run the Big Sur Marathon, we will make a royal stink out of UF as you cross the finish line. That's for sure. Definitely. I'll make sure that I'll, I'll wear that. <laughs> <laughs> you will not miss me, but though. usually I like to jump around on the finishing line. So, <laughs> so in, in this uh, big marathon, let's just talk about the start line and we'll talk about the finishing a little bit. In this big, big uh, marathon, big city marathon or big marathons, uh, what are the things that you have seen, some of the, some of the wonderful things that you have seen uh, or chaotic scenes? So tell us about it. Um, well, I think the most wonderful thing is, you know, we get these races with tens of thousands of people and everybody just kind of falls in order. They know where they're going. They know how to head to their corral. I mean, we do a lot of talking about the porta potties. That's funny. I mean, the porta potties, there's also porta potties back by corral 10. Move it on back if you got to go. Um, but people are very well organized and happy. We love when people stop by our announcer tent for photos. We get so many friends that just stand underneath us and scream our names and wave. And, um, that's really fun. I'd say one of the more interesting things that, um, I've experienced or we experienced last year at OC is while we were walking up to our stage, um, the sheriff's office had their bomb sniffing dog searching our stage. And that was, um, you know, kind of a, a macabre <laughs> sign of the times. But I also felt very well protected. And in fact, once we hit the finish line at the OC fairgrounds, man, they had snipers on every rooftop. And, um, you know, I, I normally don't worry about my safety while I'm at these events. But man, I felt really safe at that one. Yeah, just to be just to be 100% clear as, as to the OC experience, it's it was exactly as, as Fitz laid out. But what they did is the uh, the Orange County uh, SWAT PD special special tactics used that event as a an exercise. Oh, it was it was yeah. training. <laughs> yeah, it was like a training. So you know, any any large large crowd type of thing like that. Um, makes things interesting. Um, you know, when you get something like the Skechers Performance LA Marathon, once you think you've seen it all, you realize you haven't seen it all. We have, uh, let's see, Uncle Fester every year from the Adams Family shows up. It's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> and, and, he, and he comes across the finish line in like four hours and change, and you know he's only done about half the course, so I don't know where oh, he really, really went. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, some of the, the you know, it, some of the costuming and just the, the fun factor that people build into these things in some cases really, uh, really makes it different, makes it fun. One of the things I like about all the events is they're all very different. There's just a, a different feel and a different flavor to each and every one of the events that we do and have the uh, honor and opportunity to be a part of. So as as you're talking about uh, from going going from race to race uh, or repeating the same race, are the race event is similar from year to year or are they different uh, in some ways? So we both have a variety of events that we repeat over and over and over again, and then we throw in some new different ones each year. But I'd say I'd say generally the feel to that event is pretty stable oh, from oh, year yeah. to year to year. Yes. It, it has its um, it has its own charms and its own features and they and they you know and and that's part of the branding of the event. So uh, as you do this event, uh, do you also do the expos or or expo? You only do the start and finish line. Uh, we do both. We do both, and it depends on the particular event. So sometimes a race wants us all in, and so we both will host the expo, we'll host the VIP party, um, the small races, the big races, the kids' races. I'm a clinician. I'm a fitness expert, so I teach um, running clinics, strength training for runners, um, and a variety of other topics, too. So actually, one of my favorite presentations, besides the ones that I can help take runners, you know, strength training for runners and achieving weight loss for runners. That's the type of thing where I can take 50 pounds and 50 minutes off a runner's um, gear. However, I have one called race fails, fun and motivation. <laughs> and I often do that the night before a big race and uh, many events will pair it into a pajama party or a night to do yoga and relax. And I do it with a PowerPoint presentation, but Man, it's funny. I talk about my most horrific race experience ever, which is just a comedy of errors. It's from, bad, folks. Yep. It's bad. <laughs> from step one to step 27,000, it's, it's just 
god awful and and the people enjoy enjoying my nightmare race story but then i've tied in the uh, race fails of about 20 other people that were generous enough to share and um, not only is it a rip-roaring good time where we all spend the night belly laughing but my my greatest feedback are from the newcomers that say oh my gosh i was so nervous about a race tomorrow but now now I feel good. Now I'm relaxed. I know I can do this. And, um, you know, the fact of the matter is with endurance sports and, ma- and many sports in general, it's not always going to go perfect. It's not always going to be easy. And, you know, we all hit the wall at some point or the blisters. If, if that's your greatest gift, that a blister is your problem or you got knee pain, hip pain, chafing, something freakish always goes on. And why not, instead of running away from that, why not focus on it and laugh at ourselves? Yeah, if you do something really, really stupid, like take a one-gallon container of water on the bus to the start of a race that's oh. 26 miles away. <laughs> Who would do and, that? I, I don't know. <laughs> Some guy that, you know, and, and you finish the container and you find out there are no stops for 26 miles because that's how far it is from where the bus left to the start of the Big Sur Marathon. Oh. And you're running and you're not announcing and you're probably going to explode all over that bus. <laughs> and, oh. So we do... We, we're all in, though. For the most part, if a race director hires us, you know, most of the time it's an all-in type experience where we are the voice of all of their events. And then on occasion, there's someone that says, hey, we got a half a mar- half marathon. We don't have an expo. We don't have a party. Can you just come out and host this particular event? And we do. And that's fine, too. Definitely. Uh, let's talk about finish line now. Uh, it's kind of move uh, from the start. Start is a little different. We all are excited. And, you know, by the time we get to finishing line, so some of us are excited, some of us just glad to be there, some of us, some of us are annoyed. And um, how did that work for you, the finishing line, the working in the finish, finishing line? And definitely you guys are there, you know, a lot of races, every race, there's a voices I, I can hear and screaming and sometimes they even call out our names, so... Sure, we try our best to uh, to welcome everybody back. You know, I think the finish line is one of the most incredible places I have ever been. And while I've run several hundred races myself, I'm talking about just being able to be there and share it with the several hundred or several thousand or many thousand people that are, are coming across that line because it is a haven of every possible emotion, every human emotion and expression you could ever imagine. People elated, people crying, people angry because they needed to run that BQ and missed it by three seconds or four. Every emotion that you can ever imagine is displayed freely, openly, and uh, and we get to witness it, be part of it, nurture it. It's just it's the most incredible place, uh, and it's my my favorite place of the day is the finish line. Yeah, it's a great privilege, and um, starting. You know, one of the nice things about the start line is even though we're only there with people for an hour and there's maybe 20,000 of them and only two of us, I actually feel like we form a quality relationship with many of the runners. And sometimes it's just a wave and a smile or, you know, I think they get the feeling that we adore them and we love them and we're rooting for them. And when they come across the finish line, we really feel enthusiastic. We really feel like, wow, you did it. You came back. We knew you'd be here. And we're legitimately excited to see every person and you know there when the winner comes across it's exciting and this past weekend at san diego half marathon it was extremely exciting because some winners come through and it's almost uh, old hat for them to win races this guy is jorge manila i think his name was he came through and he leaped over the finish line jumped up and down hooted and hollered grabbed his baby jumped around and <laughs> he made it he was probably uh, one of the happiest finishers we've seen in a long time yeah yeah and i really want the winner to celebrate their win. And so he was um, exhibit A on how to win a race. But then there's someone like Rudy or I, we would cross the finish line. And pretty much, I think not many people would care. We look like runners. We look like we're in good shape. Now, Rudy and I care about those people, but I don't think the crowd does. But then you get the people where you know, the back of the Packers, for example, it's a life-changing event to cross that finish line, whether it's a 5k, a 10k, a full marathon, whatever, you know that the second they cross that finish line, something in their life has changed. And I wish we had the opportunity to get to know every story out on the course, because, um, 
I think, I don't know if my heart could take it, you know? It's just, <laughs> You're such a softie. I am. I'm, it's true. <laughs> how, how about, for example, and, and Fitz hit it, you know, there are, everybody's got a story. There are so many incredible stories. At the San Diego Half Marathon, just this past weekend, mm-hmm. we had one where, where a, a young man's dad flies from China every year to run just that race with him. And it's just a such a bonding and connecting thing. It, th- that's what makes all of these things so special. Yeah, and then and then there's the guy who's 450 pounds, and you think, what what went through his mind when he signed up for the half marathon? But I tell you what, that guy is the one that's working hardest out on that course. The people that are finishing last, man, they had to endure some major struggle, and it really is, it's the highlight of my professional life sometimes, being able to be there with them and being having the honor and the privilege to be on the microphone and say, I'm so proud of you. To be able to be the one to, to offer that big celebratory noise is um, is amazing. It's just such a gift. And so here's how it works, though. So we go to the finish line, and I'm giving away trade secrets. Everyone thinks we're genius, and we know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling. I'm You're geniuses. Come on. But, Fuller. <laughs> we're clairvoyant. <laughs> but there's a computer, a laptop set up for us, and there's, you know, at the finish mat, at the finish line, there's a race mat that tells us exactly when each runner finished the race. But about 20, 30 yards in advance, we have an announcer mat. And so when the people cross over that announcer mat, their bib kicks off and we get their name and their hometown and their age and things. So that's when we can say, hey, Bob Jones from Miami, Florida, welcome to the finish line. And it's so special for people to have their name called. And so we're there looking at the screen. We juggle looking at the screen and looking at the runners and you know, sometimes it's just trying to, like a graduation ceremony, make sure we hit as many names as possible. And then sometimes people come through beautifully dressed or they've got the greatest smiles or they're holding hands. And, and we focus on those things. It's epic. Thank, thanks a lot, Fitz. I've been telling people for years now, we've memorized every name right. and bib number. They'll still believe it. Oh, man. And every race. That's right. That's, That's right. It. But, you know, to, to speak to your – just for a moment, to speak to your listeners – we, we, of course, we see the marathoners coming in 210, 212, uh, or, awesome. or, or maybe even faster. And it's amazing. They're incredible. They're, they're such gifted athletes. And then we see the seven hours and eight hours. And I, I've seen an expression on them when we try to bring them in with the, with as much enthusiasm yeah. and roar of the crowd as the winner. And indeed, you know, in, in a lot of cases, we get that done and they almost seem apologetic. Don't, ever, ever think that what you're doing is any less than anybody else because you covered the same distance that the winner did. And in many cases, and I'll never forget when Frank Shorter spoke to a group that I I was in many, many years ago, they'll tell you that you just did something that they could never, ever do. They could never be out there for six and a half, seven hours, eight hours. They have so much respect for you, for your commitment, and to be able to be out there. I remember Frank Shorter said, there's no way I could do that. So you're doing something that an Olympian (laughs) told you. (laughs) And we're, we're genuinely so excited to see the final finishers, the middle finishers. I mean, all of them are great. Oh, and then the people pushing their family members in wheelchairs or their uh, uh, team Hoyt, Ainsley's angels, uh, you know, the, those groups, uh, just extra special, so much love, so much emotion. And, and the other thing I love is anyone and everyone carrying the American flag, these soldiers who run in uniform, the firefighters in full blown uniform. There is absolutely nothing I love more than seeing old glory carry 26.2 miles or whatever distance in our, our country celebrated. I'm Good. so proud of them. That's a great ad. Uh, our friend Jose Zambrano, Cliff Walker. Yeah. Full, full dress firefighters. Full wow. dress. Air tanks and everything. Air tanks, sometimes yeah. axes and hoses. Oh, yeah. oh wow. That's a, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, I can't do that. Um, (laughs) Or even just carrying the flag and running shorts in a tank top. It's not an easy task. And, you know, I am I am guilty of being the most patriotic nerd in the world. And every single time someone makes it a point to show appreciation for not only our freedoms, but the men and women who have fought for it and carry the American flag or the police flag with a thin blue line. I just want to leap over our fence and go hug them and thank them. It's it's a great the race day is the best day in the world. There's nothing like it. It's full of such wholesome goodness. She's not exaggerating. Her mm-hmm. eye color 
red, white, and blue. <laughs> and it's it's great to know because as a runner, we, you know, you guys know that race day is a great day for us regardless, however we do it. As long as we can line up and, and cross that finishing line. Um, tell me about um, sometime I have seen, even in the big marath- big city marathon, um, you know, later part of the race, they start taking things down and you guys stay till the end, correct? Till the last runners comes in. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. We, we fight the race directors who try and turn the sound off on us but yeah we we always try to be there until the end you know of course there are significant differences from race to race um roads have to be reopened and again it's important for your you know if your listeners who who may not be aware uh a lot of these things are well beyond the control of the race organization yeah um i'll give you you know a great example really and and i know we keep coming back to it but we just love it so much the big sur international marathon they close highway one for i believe it's six hours and 30 minutes so they need 30 minutes to close it down that race shuts down at six hours. If they do not, if they're unable to reopen Highway 1, they have the threat of not getting their permit renewed for the next year. So, you know, that's why something like that is is so important. And, and you know, that's just one example. I'm sure there's many, many others throughout the uh, throughout the country that have flexibility or lack of flexibility yeah. in there. And there's actually no sidewalks on the Big Sur course. No. If, you're, if you leave a runner out there, it's at there's their a cliff peril. side. Yeah, they're going to get they're going to get some flung into the sky, and it's, they're definitely not getting their finisher medal if they get hit by a car and launch. <laughs> and, and some of the other events, like like LA, they can they can reopen the roads and reroute people on sidewalks, things like that. Um, the, the race directors don't want anybody to uh, you know to have to sweep anybody and uh, and cause them to not be able to go the distance. But s- some of those variables are just uh, unmovable objects. Yeah. And I imagine even with our equipment, there's a sound company that's there with their van to pick up the speakers. And, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, so no matter how much Rudy and I want to stand there and cheer for people into the middle of the night, sometimes it's just not physically possible. They won't let us. Uh, definitely. Let's change the topic just a little bit. Uh, since I'm coming to Big Sur and you guys know the Big Sur, tell us what, what I'm looking forward for. Well, the course is flat and fast. No. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Um, Big Sur is one of the most beautiful courses there is. I've run it 13 times myself before I started announcing it. Um, Oddly enough, my personal record is at Big Sur. I have two uh, sub-three-hour marathons there, but it's just – it is just the most beautiful. They call it running on the ragged edge of the Western world. And you are literally running at the edge of the cliff. And you're just the scenic vistas are beyond belief. It is so marvelously distracting that while they don't need any entertainment on the course, they have incredible entertainment. Um, all kinds of things from banjo bands to uh, orchestras. And of course, the famous Michael Martinez with his Yamaha Grand Piano at Bixby Bridge, which is just something that you have to see and hear to believe. Uh, Big Sur is best described and very reasonably described and fairly described as a spiritual experience. Oh, boy. I know. That's pretty heavy duty. <laughs> that's, a, that, yeah. that's deep. I, I guess I, I should take all my six hours to run that, uh, sounds you know like. It's a, it's, a, it's a good idea. So I'm on the other end of it because I've never run the race. I've only been there as an announcer. And um, Rudy, actually, our, my first race there, he took me on a drive, the 26.2-mile mm. drive. And it's beautiful. And the, the only thing I could correlate it to is it reminded me of Ireland, which is a, you know, well-known, breathtaking island where, you know, every every time you turn a corner, it's prettier than the last. But Big Sur is so beautiful and the community it resides in, you know, the, the race organization itself is a nonprofit and they wear these blue jackets and it reminds me of Pinehurst, the very fancy golf tournament in North Carolina has, you know, just kind of a kind of muckety-muck, fancy, prestigious feel to it, even though everyone's really nice and sweet. It's, uh, it's just upscale and um and and charming i the last time i left there i had some of the 
the, what are those things that fall from your face? The tears? Those are tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I smile so much. I don't know what to do with those things when I'm leaking, but it's really worth the registration. It's worth making the attempt. Now, most people who register don't get in right away. You know, it's tough to register um, for Big Sur. It's a lottery system. So I think they turn away at like 70% of the end people who want to run the race, but go after it year after year until you get there. And if you don't feel comfortable going for the 26.2, and I get that as a fitness professional. I am in support of every distance. There's a 21 miler, there's a 15 miler, a nine miler, a 5k. Every last one of those choices is a good one. There's a kid's race the day before. And that goes not only for the Big Sur Marathon in April, but the Big Sur Half Marathon on Monterey Bay in November. Um, it's just, it's, they give options. And so, you know, you're going to have the the greatest of experiences because you'll start in the Redwoods. Um, but there's a lot of wonderful experiences between 26.2 and the 5k and i think everyone should give it a go it's the ultimate racecation definitely it'll be great to for me to come and run that race after boston i guess i'll race boston and run the big sur so that's the plan you know this is one of my regrets in the world where i'm gonna i'm gonna take care of it this april as i always say when i'm relaxing because i work so hard people go what are you doing and i say i'm just loitering i'm that girl i just <laughs> loiter and so when rudy and i drove took that drive there's a big sign on the fence now if you don't mind stopping there that would be great but it's a fence and there's absolutely nothing in the world within miles of this fence that i I think has some sheep or cows behind it, but the sign says no loitering. On Highway 1, like, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> no loitering. And I want to go there, and I yeah. need we need to pull over, and I'm going to stand in front of that sign, and I'm going to loiter, and yeah. it's going to be great. I'll, so, take a, I'll take a picture for you there. Perfect. Perfect. Look, look like you're just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, as we move forward in this interview, you guys inspire a lot of people. Tell us, how do you get inspired? I am easy. I am inspired daily by the strugglers. I, I love driving out of my neighborhood in the morning and... You know, there's this guy with two knee braces on and no reason in the world to be up at seven o'clock in the morning running down the road. But he is. I am. You know, I'm my history as an athlete is I was a kickboxer for 10 years. And so I walked away with some some consequences. There were many broken bones. There were some tears. There has been a knee surgery in my past. And so I run with the makes and pains. But I am pushed forward by the people who really have hurdles to overcome. And yet they do it anyway. So um, I, I find inspiration everywhere. Anytime someone is being gritty and struggling, whether they're overweight or they're elderly or they're obviously injured and they're 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 doing something, um, I'm easy. Inspiration's all over the place. It is, you know, and and the uh, and all the age groupers, you know, we've got them. We've got them at these races into the 80s and 90s. 90s. Into oh. the, the 90s. I mean, you know, maybe take a moment here to. Uh, Say rest in peace to to uh, Ed Whitlock, who uh, who passed away um, just the other day, uh, a week after his 86th birthday. What what an incredible legend he was! The man just blazed a trail in virtually every single age group he he ever entered. And uh, and we see a lot of those people. They might you know that speed means nothing. Speed matters not. That's right. That's one of my shirts. <laughs> but uh, the inspiration comes from the the people that uh, the people that we get to meet and their stories. We have people in chemo all the time Yes, and challenge athletes, foundation athletes, you know, with prosthetics and they're going the distance. They're doing what everybody else is doing and and they don't want any special recognition. They don't want any, uh, one opportunity. They they just want the opportunity. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 And I, um, here's you get get weepy. weepy. (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, you know, I appreciate the effort. So as a fitness, as a fitness expert, my whole shtick is no excuses. You know, you don't have to do running. You don't have to do kickboxing. You don't have to do swimming, but you got to do something and you got to stop making excuses. I don't care if you have no arms and no legs, there's a way for you to exercise. And so when I find these people who have legitimate obstacles and they're making stuff happen, I just, I'm blown away and I'm inspired. And and again, I'm the, Rudy's the, uh, he's got the big voice. I'm the creepy and appropriate touching announcer, I think, because I want to go hug everyone. And, <laughs> Gush, I'm the mommy. I'm the race mommy. Yeah. Got to yell at her, get back up here. You got a job to do. Stop touching the runners. <laughs> but it, really, I'm so proud of them. It's, it's, it's such a blessing to be who we are and do what we do. So great. Best group of people in the world to work for. Definitely. Um, 
all these things um, you just we just talked about, it sounds a lot fun, you know. Um, but tell us uh, about some of the struggles that you have to go through in your uh, announcing career that you have gone through. Uh, I don't know. Rudy has been there for a long time. How long have you been? Uh-huh. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been on the circuit for over 20 years. Um, so so the real truth about the whole thing, the secret that Uh-oh. you can't share with anybody, it's just between the three of us, yeah. is that we don't really work at all. No. We just go up, show up, and have the time of our lives. Uh, no, and that's not true either because, <laughs> no, and it's kind of true, but sometimes we get a timing company that can't get the names to come up for us. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we have a, an, a computer with an empty screen and no names. And so here's the deal. I am sugar and spice and everything nice, and I try and get things done with sweet, like, hey, can you get this done for me? I really would like to do my job. And Rudy, oh my gosh, the first race <laughs> we announced together, the timing company was not working. And he kind of exploded a little bit. And I just kind of tiptoed to the back of the stage and enjoyed the show. I'm always professional. Yeah. And I just, I was stern. I was appropriately stern. He was scary and stern. She turns to me and she says, wow, I just saw a different side of you. (laughs) I was a little frightened and very grateful I didn't tick him off. And then the other thing is when we don't have sound working properly and we just had a massive race. I'm not going to name it, but the um, I don't know what was wrong with the sound guy. The year prior, he was late getting us set up for the start line. Now, mind you, we got, I don't know, 20,000 people that need us to share information with them and we're hired. I'm flown in from across the country. So I would like to be able to to do my job. Year one, sound guy gets us live maybe 30 minutes before the event. Wow. This year, Rudy got his um, start line, what, 10, 15 minutes before? I got mine one minute before the start, and I was dealing with cyclists. And, you know, cyclists need to know simple things like, hey, you can't be on this course unless you have a helmet. And you know what? We actually have two different start lines for the bike event. So um, so lack of sound, lack of names. And lack of sleep. Oh, oh, oh. And then the rickety stage. On occasion, we get a very scared stage. Looks like it's um, masking taped together. That, that, that's true. That's actually a good point as of late. But I, I'll go back to a, a, a also will not be named event where uh, the where there was a banner. I, I was up on top about it was either two or three stories high, a banner running between two high scaffoldings and a truck that needed a, a very, very large truck with some appendages on top that thought it needed to go by that hooked the banner and flung almost flung me off. It was only it was a two story and almost flung me off the uh like the scaffolding shot. yeah and threw me down yeah. and almost ended my race before it started Boy. thank <laughs> oh. you very much yeah. so, so we have we have yeah. some obstacles and, and really we rely on quite a few other people to do their job so we can do our job and you know stuff Stuff happens. Always go as yeah. planned, and the burden is is when you got twenty thousand people, and and it's us. Either we got to get everybody uniquely close to us to communicate with them, or it's just not going to be done. Right. So I mean, it, it could be as minor, I'll say, as uh, sound or timing or something really major, like I can't get a cup of coffee. Wow. <gasps> <gasps> yes. Yes. And and so from Florida over here, when I come over to the very very cold and frigid west coast (laughs) San Diego half the other night or morning I should say how and I tell him I'm cold and he doesn't believe me no one believes that it's actually cold here but we're on the stage and if I'm working then I can I, I kind of forget that it's cold I can power through it but we pause for this absolutely amazing singer to sing the anthem. We're on a stage and there's a lot of people on our somewhat shaky little stage. So she's next to me. The man holding the flag is on the other side of me and Rudy's on the opposite side of the anthem singer. But I was trying my job while she was singing was to stop shaking so hard as not to distract. How hard was I shaking, Rudy? You were shaking very hard. It was visible. <laughs> it was, well, it was near freezing. It was probably 65. Right. It was so cold. <laughs> I was shaking so hard and I thought, oh, no, I'm going to bring the stage down with my shaking. And when you're trying not to shake, when you're shaking because you're cold, you can't do it. It's it's a 
we 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 have it you know we have it pretty good it's work and sometimes we have some uh impediments in, in you know what we need to do but generally it's uh it really and truly is an honor and a pleasure and uh and, and most of the time we say we look at each other and say i can't believe we're getting paid yeah. to do this yeah yep. yeah that's true but then when we go home with a sore throat we go yeah that was work <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes when i do pacing um i do pace and there you uh, go and then sing song and holler hooter and i'm doing all kind of dancing and singing and making up songs and i like like you guys come home next day i was like can i hardly talk so <laughs> exactly. what a fun pacer you must be yeah yeah I'm, I, have, I have my own way to do pacing so you guys are the, the stays and I'm, I'm on the course and doing things well yeah we get the easy part we get to stand still and then y'all leave us and then we just wait for you to come back you've got to support people for 26.2 miles that's not yeah. an easy task yeah it's, it's fun um all this races that you that you guys do um yeah, I guess you both of you will have probably a different answer for this one. Uh, what is your favorite race? Oh, so it's really hard to pick a favorite because they all are so very special. But um, one of the things I really enjoy are some of the women theme races and uh, and for different reasons. So I host this series of events called the Goddess Races in Michigan. It's by Epic Races, and there's a Goddess 5K on Mother's Day, and there's a Goddess Half Marathon and 5K, 10K in September. And I do some other female events. I'm mermaid here in San Diego. And you know what I, I love about them is that everybody's so nice to each other. And while that seems normal within the running community, you know, women in general aren't always <laughs> incredibly nice to each other. You know, it's a <laughs> reputation well earned, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I'm of the belief that we can all win and every girl can be beautiful and every girl can be successful and fast and every man too, white, black, green, I don't care. But at these female events, everyone is so nice. And whether the women are very overweight or very trim or very fast or very slow or older or younger, everyone gathers together to support each other and it's just you know I really like the female themed events because it's refreshing to see girls and women being nice to women across the board you know I'm drawn to massive events the Orange County Marathon was my first ever announced and I've been there for several years now and I hope for the rest of my life I get to be there it's a party from beginning to end and I love the I love everything about it Long Beach falls in that same vein San Diego was great I mean there's really there are all so good and I'm I'm just diving into the Buffalo Marathon in Memorial Day and that should be an epic event that's huge and oh they they have so much fun stuff in storage so it's it's hard to pick a favorite um but there are some that stand out in my mind what about you mr novotny well you know big sir of course you know going back to that is big to me because of my personal experience with actually running it and uh and and you know the family connection that's developed with everybody there um i've I've got favorites for different distances though too as far as 5k goes the carlsbad 5000 coming up on april 2nd is amazing Amazing. Um, I believe we're at something like, and I, I know I'm not going to be correct, but something like 20 world and national records on that course. Just amazing. Um, just great halves all over the place. As Fitz said, it's so hard to pick a favorite. And of course, as long as we've been doing this, we still haven't been exposed to many of the, the majors personally, like Chicago. We haven't been to Boston. Oh, I'd love to announce those. <laughs> but, but we're available. That's right. Yeah, we're available. <laughs> or internationally, that would be really a nice treat to go do some international races. And, and there are a lot of international races now. Yeah, sure. Maybe sure. I need to put put a word for you in a Boston and a couple other places I run. So absolutely, that would help <laughs> we love yeah. that. Uh, talking about that, uh, what are the big races coming up for you guys? Well, this weekend, this uh, coming weekend. Uh, Los Angeles Marathon. That's uh, that's a biggie here. Fantastic, amazing stadium to see course starting at Dodger Stadium and, and essentially ending at the Santa Monica Pier, running through some of the most iconic parts of, of LA. I'll tell you what, I've been doing the race long enough that I can be very honest and sincere and say the course for many, many years was pretty terrible. Was it? It wasn't <laughs> the greatest, but since they changed it and made this stadium to see course, it is 
very, very special. And, uh, and so that's that's a fun one. We've got that coming up. And then as we move on to uh, April is Big Sur, and then we're at OC, yeah. and then uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get me a buffalo, a bison hat, which is really a part of the part of the thing that won me over. Oh, and then here's where I screwed myself. And Rudy loves this is that um, I was talking with the race director as he was hiring me. And so I'll do the 5K, the kids run um, the half marathon, the full marathon and the relay. I'll announce all of those. And he was just talking about adding quirky things. And I mentioned I said, you know what I really like in Kona for Ironman Kona, how the day before they have a one mile shakeout run with a, a tidy whitey underwear theme. He goes, yeah, let's do that. So I think I just did. <laughs> yeah. I think I am officially not be standing on a stage in my underwear on a Friday night with a big buffalo hat on my head. Had to open your <laughs> big mouth. <laughs> yes, you got to put up or shut up. So there I go in Buffalo. That should be exciting. You know, it's just there are so many great races out there and uh, so many different opportunities. I guess as, I guess if we were going to throw a message at your at your listeners, we'd say, look around, you know, change it up. Yeah. It, yeah. As wonderful as it is to return to special and favorite events each year, which I've done, you know, year sure, after year after year, um, look around and, and do something different. You don't always have to go big. There's fantastic smaller events all over your community and nearby. Just look at the calendars and do something different. I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised and you'll find out there's a lot out there, a lot of really good quality folks and very small organizations working very, very hard to give you a great experience. Yeah. Hop on a plane, train or automobile and go somewhere. Racecation. Make, and you can do it affordably. If you don't have a big bank account, you know, get with a friend, share the travel expenses, stay in a hotel room together, you know, go order pizza together. Camp out. <laughs> oh, Catalina Marathon. Brought a tent. Yeah, Vince forgot to tell you about her new favorite race of all time. Oh, boy. The Catalina Marathon 5K. Why would that be, Fitz? Oh, so this is the epic thing. And so people think I'm super fast because I'm lean and athletic looking. She's I'm, not. I'm not <laughs> at all. And running is, you know, a secondary sport for me. I was an incredible fighter as far as a runner goes. What happened, Fitz? What so, happened at the race? I signed up for the 5K and literally the race for the first mile and a half goes straight up a mountain and that's no joke it's, that is not an exaggeration yeah and the race director even says this is the worst course ever sorry 5kers so <laughs> we go straight up i mostly power walk the dang thing because running was futile and then i ran down and when i ran i was running so fast i thought i might somersault into what would be a snowball if there was snow but so i ran really fast down the mountain which i've never got to do because i'm florida and i even eyeballed some women because i thought you know what i started close to the front stop that and um, i started to the front i thought you know what maybe i could place and so i purposely passed some women and when the race was over a i just had fun i really loved the course but then at the awards ceremony man someone had the best time the incredibly <laughs> announcer handling the award ceremony Mm -hmm. looked at the 40 to 44 year age group and said oh no Pants I laughing did. When he called my name. In <laughs> second place, yes! ladies and gentlemen, Fitz Kohler. And I ran up, slow motion, <laughs> jumped on the stage. I made a stink. Yet about 30 minutes later, I told her we had to go on with the award ceremony. That's <laughs> no, not true. <laughs> so here's the deal for your listeners is don't undermine any of your accomplishments. I was thrilled to have run the race, but the fact that I won this age group award, which I had never done ever was a big freaking deal to me. And so I really am, I'm saddened when people do a race and they go, well, I'm only doing the half or I'm only doing the full if they're doing it, if there's at Disney. It's not only, it's you got your butt up, you put on a bib, you went the distance and that's badass. And if you won an age group award, celebrate it, own it, all of the above, it all counts and stop poo-pooing your accomplishments. Lecture over. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, I tell people all the time. It's not your fault. Other people didn't show up. You're there. You did it. It's yours. <laughs> right. And that's what I plan to do when I get when I start racing again. It's it's a it's a age group awards by survival and lack of numbers. <laughs> that's right. Pick a small race. <laughs> Rudy and Fizz, it it has been really fun talking to you guys. Uh, out of your busy schedule, you, you talk to me. Before we conclude this interview, can you give us a word of advice to people who wants to you know 
be out there doing doing fun things like what you guys do, not only running or going beyond running, and that's what you do. Give word advice. Word of advice, you know, I, I think pursue life as an athletic adventure. Seek out fun. And, um, you know, I, my philosophy after fighting was if things don't lead to broken bones or bleeding, uh, then I'm not afraid of them. And so it's okay to start a race and not finish. It's okay to, you know, only get halfway up the mountain. It's okay to put on a pair of roller skates and and fall and skin your knee. You know, go for it. Start pursuing fun. Um, Fun is not found on a buffet. Fun is found in things that make you laugh and things that make you feel successful. So uh, that's it. I mean, I think Rudy and I both have a similar philosophy that we just love life and we love people. And we we basically also have no shame. We're not afraid of failure. And I think that that allows us to make other people feel really good. And I think I'll answer a different side of your question. If, you know, if people see what we do and enjoy what we do and think about, hmm, I, you know, I wonder if that would be, you know, something I could do or be, you know, it seems like they're, seems like they're having a lot of fun. Well, we are, we yeah. are having fun, but we are working. You know, my suggestion would be um, find a race organization and volunteer, you know, get it, get inside, go behind the curtain yeah. and see what, what's going on. Um, number one is you'll be serving the running community which is fantastic by by volunteering and uh, you'll also learn about what goes on it's not just a bunch of porta potties t-shirts and metal and some water uh-huh. <laughs> there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes you might find that it's a, a great place to be and um, through your volunteer efforts you may get an opportunity to uh, to become part of an organization or or who knows, maybe strike out in uh, in the world and become a race director, you know, make yourself a small event, something like that. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be I a would race director. I would never, we, Fitz and I are, we are of one mind with one thing. We do not want, people say, yeah. well, why don't you just, you, you, you have so much fun, just go ahead and, and, and do your own race, be a race director. What do you think? No, no, no. no. <laughs> But I, I think those uh, some of them are built to be a race director. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. kudos to them. We love them. Yeah, and we, and we love them, and they 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 work so hard, harder than most anybody has any idea. But uh, it's you know again, we have a great time, and without all your you know all your listeners, all the participants out there, we've got nothing to do. Yeah. And and maybe kind of in closing, you know, some of the most underappreciated people out there every weekend are the incredible volunteers. Always, yeah. These people are getting up as early as we are. Or, way and, earlier, or yeah. Way earlier <laughs> and working their butt off uh, in many cases for a, uh, you know, for a community service script that they need for right. school or whatever. But they're doing it. And they show up race after race after race. Yeah. And the nice thing is just when you go by, give them a smile and a thank you. How hard is that? That's it. That's it. Oh, and your law enforcement out there on those streets, always make sure to say sweet things to your police. Always. Right. And hug them if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Color sends you this hug. There you go. Thanks for your. It's been a fun talking to you. To, to you both. Uh, we could go on for hours, I guess, but I think we have to cut it here. But uh, thanks for your time and uh, hope to talk to you soon. If if not before, I'll see you at the Big Sur. Sounds great. We hope to see you all out at the races. Yeah, and and real quick, if anyone out there would like, follow Rudy Novotny on Facebook. He has a page, Rids Announcer, Rudy, Anou- Rudy Novotny Race Announcer, and then I am at Fitzness. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S. I'm on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We always love the new friends and followers. I also have a school running program called The Morning Mile. That's morningmile.com. And, you know, we really relish the opportunity to connect with the running community. So don't be shy. Reach out to us. Say hi. Add us as a friend. And um, we'll look forward to seeing you out on the road someday. Definitely. We'll we'll see you and, and we'll, we'll follow you at the Facebook, Instagram, everywhere else. Thanks for all the things you guys do to encourage and motivate, motivate us. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emran's podcast. Please subscribe to Emran's podcast channel, Voice of Runners. Also, follow emruns.com's social media handle, Marathon Runs, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for recent updates, photos, and more.